Hey y'all, this is Sarah Mel, and thanks for listening to Phases of the Womb podcast. Today we'll be talking to Amanda, who I have known since like third grade, and we'll be discussing her journey into motherhood and her choices to have um, a home birth twice. So we'll be discussing her journey with that. So I'm really excited to hear about this. So hope y'all enjoy. All right, I'm going to just have you go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. My name is Amanda Duplessis. I am a former educator turned stay-at-home mom Mm -hmm. of two. Um, Also a yoga instructor, trained doula, and lactation specialist as well. Um, Those are all my many trades. (laughs) You got a resume on you, child. Okay. And as a mama, I think we all wear a lot of hats. Yeah, it has to. Definitely have to. Um. So, I want to talk to you about your birth experiences because, you know, I feel like working in the medical field, um, especially in labor and delivery, um, and especially working in the hospital, I feel like there's such a negative connotation around, like, um, home births and I think a lot of it is from like fear and um, lack of knowledge mm-hmm. so um, I just want to ask how you came to the decision um, the first time around um, that you wanted to do a home birth <sighs> <laughs> well, it, this can get really lengthy because I have to give you some background information okay too. that's fine okay. okay so I've always been interested in home births whenever i thought about having kids i was like oh it seems so cool to do it at home Mm -hmm. that's always been a thought but um of course as a human who knows very little about it we don't learn much about home births so i was like "Eh, i'll probably end up in the hospital Mm but um let's see back in 2020 well first my OBGYN was the same OB I had since I was 15 right Mm -hmm. so i was 15 years old even through college coming home to go see her all that good stuff, loved her, just knew she was going to deliver my babies, <laughs> all that good stuff. And then I got pregnant for the first time, mm-hmm. and she went on medical leave. Oh, Lord. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, so now I have to search for a good mm-hmm. OB. Mm-hmm. And I'm already pregnant, so that's really tough because, I mean, let's say I go to the first one and I don't like her. Who wants to keep switching exactly. during the pregnancy? You right, know? Right. So what I did was I just tried to get the first person I could. I was like, well, just got to go with it. Let me try. Mm-hmm. Um, mind you, my first OB was black, which I always try to go mm-hmm. with black providers. She was black. I knew her. We had history. She was amazing. She was thorough. Boom. Got to my first appointment. Things went well, very brief. But later on in that first pregnancy, um, I actually had some bleeding. Mm-hmm. So I went to the doctor and well, yeah, went to the doctor, scheduled an appointment, and the lady told me that pregnancy wasn't viable. Mm, okay. So yeah, so she's like, that it's not viable. We don't see um, anything on an ultrasound, and so that's kind of all I got. Okay. It was like this is what's happening. It's not viable. 
and I'm sitting there just like, okay, and can you tell me what what's all this means? Yeah, yeah. yeah, what is like? Tell me exactly what's happening. What does this mean? But I really never got an answer. So like literally, kind of a well, I guess um, the texts aren't supposed to talk about it as right, much. Right, right, right. <clears throat> Correct. So that's fine. But my doctor also never saw me about it. Mm. So I was kind of sent home with no information at all. I mean, not a pamphlet, not a word, uh, not a call. Nothing. Not even like what comes next if it's not viable. Like what? I was completely unprepared. Jesus. <laughs> and I, I swear, when I tell this story, I, say, I think people would think I'm lying. No, But my I husband don't. was with me. Girl, <laughs> it, it, it blew my mind afterwards. My husband was with me, so he can, you know, he would vouch that this is the story we had. So I went home and he actually had to go to um, work out of state mm-hmm. the next day. So along comes miscarrying, um, really bad pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I, not only am I in pain, but I'm alone. Right. Uh, I'm unprepared. The unpreparedness, I think, was the worst part. Yeah. Just that, you know, you're sitting there and you have no idea what's supposed to be happening. So I'm just Googling at this point. Like, I'm like, okay, what can I take? What's so Tylenol PM? Okay, that helps. But just completely all over the place with that situation. Yeah, um, right. Even afterwards, I'm like, okay, I'll contact them. And I'm just like, my mom's like, let's go to the hospital to make sure everything's all, you know, yeah. everything's gone. So blah, blah, blah. Figuring it out on my own. Well, our own, really. You know, mm-hmm. my husband's still in contact. So we're figuring it out on our own. Fast forward to my pregnancy for my now one and a half year old. Um, <laughs> I had to, of course, find a new doctor. I definitely complained about my last doctor. Yeah. So found a new doctor. Uh, and this was through referral. Kind of my friend had a baby with this guy. Not with this guy. Ooh. My friend had a... <laughs> my friend had a baby with this doctor. Uh-huh. You know, this doctor delivered her baby. Uh-huh. And she was like, oh, he was cool for me. One, he was a man. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, this is new for me. Okay. Um, you know, this is new, but overall, he's a pretty cool doctor. He was, um, let's see, he was able to get me in and out for what I needed. It was always fast. Um, he always answered the questions I had, Mm -hmm. but the problem came in where he was very by the textbook of medicine. Yeah. And I was more holistic than he was expecting. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so every time I came in, he was like, "Oh, are you taking aspirin?" And I'm like, "Aspirin for what?" He's like, "Um, it's supposed to help like manage high blood pressure." I'm like, "Do I have high blood pressure?" He's like, "No." I'm like, "Okay, so why am I taking it?" And he's like, "Oh, well, it's just supposed to prevent, you know, prevent and manage high blood pressure." And I'm like, mm, "Okay, you know, no, I'm not gonna take it." He asked every time I came in, mm-hmm. like, "Are you taking it? Are you taking it? Are you?" And I told him, "No, I'm not gonna take it." Next thing was like he was pushing COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just a part of the job or what, but he, it felt like he didn't respect my boundaries. Yeah. Um, it was a constant push. Like, well, we, we advise you get a vaccine for pregnant women. I was like, okay, I explained why I didn't want to, yet it still kind of was just pushed and I felt pressured to yeah. do so. Yeah. You know, but whatever. Again, that part, at that point, that was only, I may have been three months at this point. Okay. And I'm talking to my husband. I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't really see us giving birth in this type of environment. I don't really want to keep looking for doctors. 
you know, let's explore home birth, like I said, you know, a while back. Yeah. And my husband, my husband was completely open. He's like, okay, that sounds super cool to me. I love that. What we got to do? Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what we got to do? Because he understand. He knows me. This mm-hmm. is not a medicine household. We don't have medicine just laying around. We don't take medicine for headaches, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not our lifestyle. Yeah. So, um, looking around for midwives in Louisiana, mm-hmm. not in a hospital setting, was very hard. Yes, it is. <laughs> it was very hard. I was like, wow, I can't believe how scarce this service is. Mm-hmm. So I looked, um, Sister Midwives Production had a website yes. where, you know, she was supposed, that's who helped me with my doula training. Okay. And she was supposed to um, have a, a search engine where you could find midwives. Yeah. Black midwives, especially. Mm-hmm. But there are still <laughs> hardly any. Yeah, it's, ve- it's very much so, like, very scarce. <laughs> yeah, it's almost non-existent. Yes. <laughs> So there was only one place I could find um, Nola Midwives, I believe is the mm-hmm. name. And I think they would come out to the home and do everything. But the issue we had with them was that um, it cost like $5,000 out of pocket. Yep. And we were like, and insurance does not, well, most insurances, I believe, do not cover midwives. home birth. Or yeah, midwives. midwives. Or mm-hmm. home birth. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of were like, okay, well, can we kind of do this thing on our own? Like, we started exploring, like, can we do this on our own? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we reached out, we're like, we want to have somebody here with some um, medical background, so let's explore doulas and see who we can find. Mm-hmm. So, labor and love. Aww, so lovely, Shanika. girl. <laughs> they are so lovely. They are. I oh, used to work lovely. with Shanika. I love her. Oh, my God. God bless her soul, because <laughs> <laughs> her business really gave me the experience of a lifetime oh i love that it did girl so i interviewed angel who was my doula she um just ended up being a perfect fit for us asked her questions um regarding home birth she had been a labor and delivery nurse for like 15 plus years Mm -hmm. um also had a lot of experience with home births and whatever questions i had i mean any question i had she was able to answer and just make me feel very comfortable mm-hmm. about whatever fears I may have had, anything. Um, and we went ahead and went with her. Mm-hmm. And our doula at that point, we had open contact with her whenever. I mean, and I do mean whenever, during the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I was able to text her, call her, like, way quicker than the doctor. You know, it's yeah. way more personal. Yeah, it's just like... It was an extended family member at that point. Oh. <laughs> it was. I could text her. I could call her. I could say, this is going on. This is what I need. Do you have help with this? She listened to my holistic needs. She gave me nothing but natural remedies for everything. Mm-hmm. She taught me how to breathe um, before, way before I was about to give birth. She taught me breathing techniques. And you suppose, uh, that's exactly when you're supposed to do it. Not when you're, you in, not when you're in labor. Because you ain't exactly. trying to pay attention to nothing. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, wow, I feel so prepared. And back to the miscarriage where I felt so unprepared. Yeah. You know, I was like, wow, my doula made me feel comfortable with giving birth at home mm-hmm. um, way before it was time. So all in all, just this, all that to say, that's how I ended up choosing my doula. And we kind of did a free birth-ish with her assistance, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And it worked out perfect. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> That's beautiful. It is. I think, too, I feel like, 
I feel like what deters a lot of people is, but I mean, even listening to your story, what what ends up deterring a lot of people from like hospital settings and you know doctors and you know whatever is it you. I feel like some people are so textbook. I'm like, I'm very thankful for like my experiences traveling and having so many different, you know, friends who have different, you know, perspectives and have have, like have different lifestyles because Mm -hmm. it makes you more aware. Like when I talk to people, you know, at the hospital, it's very much like, okay, so this association recommends X, Y, and Z. This is why they recommend it. At the end of the day, you do what you want. Because mm-hmm. not everybody, I mean, they have people that will take every vaccine and do everything yeah. you say, which that's fine. That's your choice. Right. But then you have people who are like, I don't want that. And at the end of the day, you don't have to it's do nothing you don't want to. That's so important. And oh my God, that, if I was not the person I was, I would have never done that. Like, that's mm-hmm. something you don't understand. You know, you have to advocate for yourself. If there's something you don't understand, ask the question. Yeah. That's what providers are paid to do. Yep. Ask the question, tell them, uh, I need more information, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, in order to have the birth that you want, we have to advocate for ourselves. Yep. And I'm, I'm so happy I did that. <laughs> for real. No, for real. Because I feel like that's, I mean, obviously people's personality mm-hmm. plays a part in how they advocate for themselves. But that's why I always you know, bring up doula care. Because if you can't advocate for yourself, at least you have somebody else that can, you know, because the doula is unbiased. You know, it's like, it's well, not really. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say they're biased towards you. And it's very much like your, what do you want? And that's what we're going to go with, especially in the hospital. I find it's a, Mm -hmm. depending on where you are, (laughs) because the Mm -hmm. South is, rough okay depending on where you are it's a lot of like no i'm not doing this no i'm not doing this tell them don't come in here ask me this no i'm not doing this i'm not doing that i'm not and the doula will be like hey can you just let them know don't come in here ask this because she not doing this she don't want to do that and i think i mean and it's funny because you know i've worked on the west coast and you i mean you have doulas and stuff there but it's never it's not as much of a like a tug of war as it is yeah. here. There's like, you know, she has a doula. This is her birth plan. Doctor like, okay. Or the midwife mm-hmm. is like, okay, that's cool. We can do whatever right. we want. You know, I'll go in and bring up if this needs to be done. And if they don't want to do it, that's fine. Here is like, nah, she needs to do this or she's going to get a section. That's not how that goes, my boy. Like, no. Girl, it's crazy. Yeah, that makes you not feel as, as cared about. Right. You, know, you just feel like another number. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say it dehumanizes you. It like, and it takes away from your experience. I think it's really hard um, as a, and and I can see both sides, you know, because I mean, I've worked in hospitals. So I feel like it's really hard as a provider to, when you know, when you've seen so much and you want to advocate for like, okay, like, you know, I want you to get the experience you want, but like, I see this and this is what mm-hmm. I think. And people are like, no. And it's hard yeah. to be like, dang, like, you know, if this go bad, you know, I'm, right. I'm saying this, but they not, but I'm like, at the end, at the end of the day, you got to remember like your job is to give whatever 
expertise you got just to add to the person's knowledge and because like I tell people you are the expert on your body so I can say x y and z and you'd be like I don't feel okay with that cool that's fine I did my job you know what I'm saying and I feel like it's so hard for yeah and that's it and I be telling people it's so hard you got to take your ego out of that because at the end of the day it's not your birth it's not your experience you know what I'm saying it's so, not. girl, it be ooh, ooh, child. I'm sure it's complicated. It does. <laughs> it does. It really does. But I just, I feel like the the one of the best things that could have happened to me when I did my clinicals, because like, I mean, you know, everything happens for a reason. I firmly believe mm-hmm. that. Like, yep. my clinical sites kept getting canceled because of COVID, and I ended up in Baton Rouge. Um, and I remember like being real adamant about like, I really want to train with a black midwife. And as you know, mm-hmm. as you know, they ain't really got that, no, especially not in the hospital. So, um, like I ended up paired with this midwife in Baton Rouge. And when I tell you like soul sister, <laughs> okay, oh. like I walked in, she had on a Harry Potter tag and I had on a Harry oh, Potter wow. tag. We were about the same oh. age and she's very much. So, like, we had a patient that um, she was going to do a home birth, but she came to all her prenatal appointments, but she was going to do an unassisted home birth. And, you know, my midwife was like, just call me, you know, call me if you need anything, text me, send me pictures when the baby gets here, if anything happens, like, just so you know, you had a high risk for hemorrhage. So, as soon as baby come out, put baby on the breast and make sure, you know, you got a number for ambulance or whatever, but do your thing. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, if people are going to do what they're going to do, you should be giving people advice. That's right. To, you know, make sure whatever they want to do is the safest situation possible, not just dismissing people because you don't agree. Correct. So, but yeah, let me get off my soapbox, girl. That's that's okay. No, I know. We can go on and on. We really could. We really could. Oh, Lord. Okay, so what, um... Well, I guess we kind of went through I that. I knew you were going to say that. I, like, I figured we would answer some questions. My question was Well, no, I was going to say, like, what challenges did you face in your first pregnancy? So, I mean, <laughs> when you got to your seg- second pregnancy, mm-hmm. um, what do you feel like? Like, you already kind of went into it knowing, like, I'm doing a home birth. I already did it the first time. It was beautiful. I'm doing it yep. this way, and it is what it is. Yep. Beautiful. Did you have any like complications at all with your first? I did birth? not. Oh, not every time it was like by the book pregnancy, amazing. Oh. Um, I mean, of course the little small. Oh, I got pain here, like my leg. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I had like sciatica, like sciatic nerve yeah. pain and stuff. But no, like um, high blood pressure, anything like that. No, Beautiful. I was not high risk whatsoever. I do want to ask you a question. I didn't sing yeah. you though. So. Yeah. I know, um, especially I feel like for our parents and, you know, grandparents, home birth, well, not necessarily our grandparents, but like for our parents, home birth isn't really like a a thing. Do you feel like you got any pushback or like a lot of fears kind of pushed onto you by family members when you when you decided like I'm having a baby at home? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so from not only family, but, uh co-workers everybody oh wow Um, everybody seems to be afraid Mm -hmm. um so initially telling my mom who is complete opposite of me when it comes to things like this Mm -hmm. like she is very traditional with everything in her life 
very, very traditional AME. On the other hand, I'm like this free, easy going, like, yeah, not doing it, not following that rule. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I make her nerves very big. <laughs> so, yes, um, it wasn't really um, like major pushback. It was just like, how does this work? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Um, so it's just many questions. Yeah. Um, and I think my mom knows me. We're very close. She's my BFF for mm-hmm. sure. So she knows me and she knows that Amanda gonna do what Amanda wanna do. Thanks. Um <laughs> so she's like, I know this is what's happening. Um, let me figure out what you gonna do if this happens. Mm-hmm. What you gonna do if that happens? You know, and I mean I guess good questions to ask, right? Right. But my doula was so amazing that she literally had all of that planned for one of our uh, sessions. Beautiful. Um, we sat down. She was like, hey, if you tell me in the middle of birth that you want an epidural, like in the middle of your labor, mm-hmm. you want an epidural, you know, should I be like completely like, let me get her to the hospital or should I talk you through it? You know, yeah. What, how would you want me to handle that situation? Mm-hmm. Um, she, we were prepared for that. We were prepared for if something goes on, you know, with baby, what hospital do you want to go to? What's that doctor's number? What, right. We had a plan for everything. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, couldn't be everything in the yeah. world, but the, for the most part, what we could see possibly going left, we had a plan for it. So yes, my mom did my, oh, something my coworker told me that stuck with me forever. Mm. I have no idea why people say things like this to a burden person, a mm-hmm. woman. So she was like, you're going to, um, oh, girl, you're doing that. You're going to rip from the rooter to oh. the rooter. Like, what? what? I mean, what? Where she got that from? Where did you? I don't know what the connection is. I, I mean, no you idea. could do that in the hospital. Like, what's, what's the correct. difference? And from... You know, some research, it actually says that home births are less likely to yep. do so. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. But, I mean, you know, but I was told, and guess, in both pregnancies did not tear at all. Mm-hmm. Um, healing was pretty easy. I mean, it was amazing. But, yes, people did, for sure, ask me many questions. It was like, oh, I couldn't do that always. I couldn't do that. I couldn't mm. do that. Um, and I think people are really afraid of the pain as well. Yeah. And I think that's something I wasn't really concerned about. I wasn't really worried about the pain too, too much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I kind of just told people, you know, well, this is what I want to do. I'm feeling really good about it. And I had to educate them in the moment on whatever I could. Mm-hmm. But yeah, of course I got some push and some, what are you doing? Why? <laughs> you know, and some people didn't even say why. They were just like, wow, that's like, that's brave of you, yeah. you know, to do. So, yes, I did, of course. I think people forget that we only, like, one generation removed from people having births at home. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is so wild to think about. I think it's, and I, I think it's because, you know, <clears throat> we have TV, we have mm-hmm. social media, yeah. and I feel like the way birth is portrayed it's portrayed yep. as something so like scary. yeah like it's scary yep. every time like oh my god my water you don't know how many times <laughs> how many times like people have such unrealistic expectations about how mm-hmm. their labor and birth is gonna go because sure. of tv it's I'm like sure. oh like i'll get out because normally i work overnight on labor and delivery as a nurse mm-hmm. so we'll get calls at night like hey 
I think my water broke, but it's like dripping. It's not like a big gush. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, that can happen. It's not always a big gush. Well, I'm also not contracting. It's not going to be your water break and you just screaming your head off. Like, it's not, it's literally not like TV. Um, And I feel like that fear is just so instilled. Like, oh my God, I'm going to be screaming my head off. I'm going to be yelling and cussing at, you know, whoever's in the room. And it's just like, it puts it in a light where it's like, I can't do this. This is not my, this is not my, you know, my my mountain to climb it's it's literally something i gotta get treated and i feel like that's how that's exactly how birth ended up in the hospital and that's terrible it is in the hospital uncomfortable not doing things the way you want to do it Mm -hmm. like oh my god yeah and i feel like it's neither it's not for you know obviously i work in different situations where people i mean everybody's situation is different you had a normal Pregnancy, a normal, healthy pregnancy. Yeah. There are people yeah. that have to be in the hospital, which is why right. that yeah. option exists. Exist. But yep. I firmly believe, even in the hospital, normal, healthy pregnancies do not need all the interventions that they get most right. of the time. Right. Like birth isn't something to be treated. Right. No. And I feel like that's that's what's hard for medical professionals that you forget like this is a normal process that's been happening from the beginning of the time. Okay, and that's you your don't body need, yeah. always knows what to do. Exactly. Like exactly. in every situation, yep. your body is reacting and knows how to do what yep. it's supposed to be doing. <laughs> yep. Yep. So yeah. Mm-mm. But I mean, good on you. Like, you know, I feel like you just have, I mean, you've had that personality forever. Like, it is what it is. This is what I want. This is what I'm doing. Um, And I think that definitely helps, you know, knowing, being sure about what you want and having, having a partner that's supportive. How was he for the delivery? Was he calm? <laughs> Girl, so he's way calmer than I am, just in general. Uh-huh. Like, so it's funny because I am free flowing and all that good stuff, but I do get anxiety around. Um, like, I, I anticipate a lot of things, so I do get anxiety sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he's always like the chill. I don't know what you're worried about. <laughs> he's always that person. So for girl delivery labor, I mean, he was like, "What you need? Do you need um, water?" Like, he would just give me the water, telling me to breathe. He was my reminder to breathe mm-hmm. the way I was supposed to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, he rubbed my back. He walked with me through the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, very, very chill. And the, the second go round, even more chill. Yeah. I mean, I was like, well, dang, what you doing? <laughs> I mean, he was kicked back. You got this. Like, very chill. You got Beautiful. This. Like, it is what it is. We here. You know how to do this. Um, you a champ. You know, it was like, you don't need anybody, really. Yeah. But I'm here to cheer you on, and you got it. He caught his baby both times. He wanted everybody to know he's the doctor, basically. <laughs> That's what he said. He's basically a doctor. He's delivered two babies. I see that. <laughs> so, oh, I love it. I love it. Girl, Did you I, deliver in the, in the like, in the pool, in the tub? Yeah. Beautiful. We did the pool. It was nice. the pool both times. I love um, it. The water, by the way, just want to put that out there. For me, the water was really nature's epidural. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So my first baby, I was in labor pretty long. Mm-hmm. I had like 31 hours. I ain't going to lie to you. It was it was a time. <laughs> <laughs> it was a time. 
so what I did, I ended up um, getting released, getting in and out the tub. So I yeah. was in the tub for a little while, and it would really help with the contraction mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. So that water was like heaven for real because people don't realize too like it not only does the water help with the pain what it's doing like if you submerge like your belly in the water excuse me Mm -hmm. because of the you know there's no gravity in water so it helps to like release that pressure off those tendons and it just releases baby from like pushing down as like it, it it helps with all of that i just don't understand why it like became such less of a common practice because it you works. Know, it works. It, oh, it felt so good. That was when I got my oh, through those thirty-one hours. That's when I got to sleep yeah. when I was in the tub. Mm-hmm. I got in the actual tub, not the pool. Yeah, tub. yeah. My tub. Sat down. Went to sleep. You know, kind of got up. Went to sleep again. Mm-hmm. Oh, the water was amazing. Mm-hmm. So, just for anybody who's looking into a home water birth, that water did it for me. Beautiful. Um, so how was your postpartum journey? So I know you had your doula um during mm-hmm. pregnancy and labor. So how yeah. what support did you have? Like how was your postpartum journey? Um, tell me about that. Yeah, one thing I never have to worry about, honestly, is um support, period. Mm-hmm. My family, um, my mom, my dad, my brother treat me like a princess. They really do. <laughs> um, so my mom, like I said, she's my BFF, mm-hmm. always overly involved in anything I got going on. Mm-hmm. My daddy will drop whatever he got going on to come see what I need. My brother, same way. My husband, he was my cook. Um, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have to worry about cooking and he was cooking. Um, it was great. Hand and foot. My mom had her... Um, her FMLA, mm-hmm. whenever she needed to leave work. She oh, that's beautiful. Had- I never even thought oh, yeah. about that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But she didn't even, um, during the first one, she didn't even, she didn't take off. Okay. She was like, okay, you don't need me. You got it. <laughs> no lie. After my, after my first baby, I felt so high after birth. Yeah. I was doing so much stuff that I probably shouldn't have been doing. Uh-huh. I was able to move quick. Like They were like, um, girl. Sit down. <laughs> what are you doing? I just felt so good. So good. I don't know what it was. But in the hormones. It's the hormones. Baby, it's definitely the hormones. I was moving. I felt great. Um, I didn't really need support then, but I had whatever I needed. Yeah. Now, that second go round, mm-hmm. I will say I had a, um, during my pregnancy, I had a lot more sciatic nerve pain. Mm-hmm. And, um, postpartum like directly after giving birth even trying to get up was harder yeah now mind you i have two after uh, two under two mm-hmm. so i had baby after baby mm-hmm. so i think my body was like girl we tired <laughs> <You know? laughs> we tired so after that second baby like even just to turn over and stand up i was slower mm-hmm. um i couldn't i wasn't as high and ready to move and you know i was taking care of a little toddler at that right point. right um so I leaned on my husband and my mom a lot more at that point. Um, my mom did use some days at that point mm-hmm. to come watch older baby while I care for younger baby. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, husband stayed being a cook and whatever else. If I needed him to give um, my first baby a bath or whatever it was, I did need to lean on them a lot more. Okay, because I was I was heavy, I was slow, I was tired. Which makes <laughs> sense. It makes yeah. sense. 
I was tired. But the main, the big thing that I want to tell people um, is to, again, speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as moms, we women, women, yeah. period, we feel like we can take on a whole lot mm-hmm. and we tend to do that, um, even in our hardest moments. But speak up and say what you need. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever it is you need, you make and get the help if we just say what we need. <laughs> so, like, my husband, who is a, um, he's a great person, a great man, but he is a man nonetheless. <laughs> so, like, some things I thought that would come natural to him, like, to come do, mm-hmm. he he wasn't doing. I was like, and I would have an attitude. I'm like, well, why wouldn't you get her? And he's like... <laughs> If you need me to get her, just, just come say like, it. Yep. Yeah, just say mm-hmm. that. Like, what's wrong? You know, yep. why you got an attitude about it? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I thought it, it was natural, but I right. guess not. But, yeah. you know, regardless, it can get done if I just say. Yep. You, you need, can you do it, please? You know, and he would do it. So I leaned on him oh, a lot that second go round. That baby, that Tyler had me going. The little one had me going. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, postpartum was slower the second go round, but support wise, my doula still was checking in. My doula would come. Um, I think she came like twice mm-hmm. after that, and a midwife also. Um, we did have a midwife to come examine babies both times. Okay, after. beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, thank God I had the support, especially the second go round. I needed it. Yeah. Um, I had anxiety about being home with two kids, two mm-hmm. little babies yeah. by myself. So, like, anytime my husband would leave and, like, oh, I got to go to the store. I'm like, oh, Lord. Like, he got to go to the store. What am I about to do with these two little babies? This Like, that worried my nerves. I was so nervous about that. Yeah. And so, if there was something he needed to do, my mom would be like, okay, I'm coming. Like, I'm coming over there. Don't worry about it. We going to ease you into this. Mm -hmm. Because I was definitely nervous about it. You know, because breastfeeding that little bit like breastfeeding her but the other one's still one years old right right <laughs> she's one and this one is newborn yeah how do i do this i don't know what i'm doing at this point right because neither one of them self-sufficient at that point you know right and i'm here by myself and i'm still healing so that was a crazy spot for me to be in but yeah. the support was strong thank That's god beautiful I mean, and you need it. Like, I feel like, I mean, obviously not everybody is blessed enough to have, Mm -hmm. you know, the support they need, which is why I like talk to people about like doulas, because there are such things as like postpartum doulas. Yep. And people don't know that. Right. And even community groups. Like, I know they have things here. um, Like, I think NOLA Baby Cafe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I believe Labor and Love has something. I think um, they do too. Yeah, it's like there are yeah. there are ways to create community and support and not have yeah. to do everything on our own. But I just feel like I don't know if it's like a a black woman thing or a woman of color thing. Um, because I I mean I have friends who are Hispanic and it's 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 almost like the same thing. We feel like we gotta be superwoman in all areas and if you don't do it then you you feel less than you probably beat yourself up more than like the people around you because you feel like you should have it all together and i feel like in certain situations it's okay to be like i don't have it together and i need some help and i need some help come help me yes and like i feel yeah and i feel like it's 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 so interesting i i want to say like over the past i don't know year or two um I feel like I don't know because you know I mean I don't have kids I only see 
normally I only see people, you know, when they're in the hospital, when they deliver, and then after two hours, they go to postpartum. It's not, you're not under my care no more, so I don't see you. Um, But I feel like after seeing some people have babies and kind of seeing, you know, what they kind of went through, especially like after COVID, like mentally, and then um, I had this different job. I had been working in the clinic um, for the past couple months and like seeing how so many people got like histories of like postpartum depression yeah. and you know not really wanting to speak up about it and like I'll just ask like they legit at like an ultrasound appointment they not even at a regular appointment and you know I realized maybe I wasn't made for this job because they only supposed to be with me for five minutes they used to be right. with me for like 15-20 minutes and I'll be like so I see you know this and I just want to ask you how are you feeling like are you okay and like they'll start crying and be like nobody really asked me that and you know I'm not okay and I'm just like you know there's help and it's okay to not be okay like it's insane it's insane Mm -hmm. how people are just expected to just do 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 Um, having one kid is hard enough having two three four five kids is a lot you know yeah Yep, and again, still trying to heal. Your body's right. still trying to heal. You have, girl, you have responsibilities. Right. They don't stop. Exactly. So, yes, girl. And the postpartum depression, I, oh my goodness. I thank God for my recovery. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that my support system was what it was. But we do need to have, I think, even more, just more support from hospitals. Yeah. Leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think preparation for all of it. Like my midwife and my doula, they would send me a bunch of things, like pamphlets. Yeah. Here, check this. You know, if, yep. if you see this, 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 and he, telling my husband, look, come here. If if she's doing this, 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 yep. this, this is a red flag. Yep. Like you need to know that this is not okay. Mm-hmm. Like this is not normal. This is normal. This is not. Yep. You know, you may feel um, what is it, postpartum rage or right. whatever it may right. be. These, you know, postpartum anxiety is different from postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Just oh my god, does anyone explain that to anybody? It's just hard. <laughs> because you, you, I feel like the focus is so much on like, like what I've said before. It's like you know, pregnancy is like okay, you come every couple, like you get so many visits. During the pregnancy, yep. and yep. then you get a six week visit Single. postpartum. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Like yep. no, and that's just to go see if your insides okay. Exactly. <laughs> then it's like, oh, you can have sex now, and it's just like, bro, you know, bro, you know, like, like no, even though you're not okay, right? Like, and it's like within those within those two weeks, you need to be having a checkup. Like, how you adjusting at home? You, you know. know? Because it's different in the hospital. You know, you know you have support in the hospital. They got people there. But it's right. like you send people home and it's like, okay, figure it out. <laughs> Don't call me if you need me. <laughs> you know, there's no resource, pamphlet, no Mm-mm. anything. No. It's rough, girl. But I feel like I feel like a lot of things are starting to be put in play. Like mm-hmm. um with labor and love. Like I I talked to Shan I did an episode with Shanika and um she's uh doing like post she does like postpartum home visits like and i feel like just just even thinking about that if somebody got to come back to the hospital one to two weeks later for a visit don't nobody want to leave out the house so it's like you know even providing the you know access to me just coming to your house and just right how you breastfeed and how's that going because you know most people quit breastfeeding within the first two weeks because it's like 
I don't know what I'm doing. Nobody has support on it. Nope. Who's showing you how to do it before you leave the hospital? Right. Who's showing you? Nobody. How to to really sustain it even. Like, you can show me how to put baby on the nipple, but then what about when I go to work? How do I handle it? Exactly. (laughs) Because then it's like, so I'm just, and they be saying, I mean, obviously I don't have no experience, but they be saying pumping. Pumping is a job in and of itself. It is. And like, what it's, type of job do you have? Do you actually you. get breaks That's to go exactly pump? exactly what I thought when I was um, on maternity leave. I didn't go back to work after mm-hmm. having my first baby. But mm-hmm. I was on maternity leave questioning if I would go back. Um, I was like, as a teacher, how? Yeah. <laughs> when? Yeah. When? You get a 30-minute lunch break. And most times your lunch break is when the kids are at recess yep. or... You know, they had lunch themselves. Yep. I mean, I'm supposed to pump every two hours. Right. And, and then every it's, everything is understaffed. So, like, who are you going to get to watch <laughs> your class <laughs> when you got to go pump? Uh, and who who stops teaching class? Exactly. Exactly. Who stops teaching class? Exactly. Let's be honest. I mean, I would have to have a um, wireless pump at that point and talk to my kids about what, what's that noise. Exactly. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to do it. And I feel like that's why a lot of people give up. Girl, and I get it. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. There is no, there is very little. I'll say support. But you brought up something when you said um, that Shanika offers that postpartum home visit uh-huh. that made me think about um, baby showers. So we have baby showers, and we getting all these gifts. Yep, we could really be gifting our moms um, these postpartum check-ins. Yep. You know, hey, here's a lactation specialist Mm -hmm. just to give you information. You know, whatever. Even if it's $30 towards it, whatever it may be. I don't know. But if you're going to spend $100 on a swing, you know, maybe you could just get me some postpartum. Stuff that you actually need. Yeah, you know, for real, for real. Yeah. Diapers, wipes, of course. Mm Mm-hmm. I told but people also, too. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you good. I was just saying also postpartum. You good. I even told people stuff like instead of just asking for like clothes and all, because honest to God, your newborn gonna go through them clothes so fast and they ain't going nowhere. Like it don't matter what they have on. But sending people like Uber Eats gift cards or like you know, so people don't have to leave out the house to go get food. And um, I have a friend. Um. His wife is pregnant right now, and um, for their baby shower, they sent, like, the virtual thing. They had, like, the only thing they had on there was, like, a fun towards their doula, a fun towards their midwife. Um, and, like, for toys and books, they do, like, uh, I can't think of what it's called, but it's, like, basically a company where you can rent them and return them because it's like oh. what i'm a you know after they're one and they play with these toys they're not gonna play with them again that's so wow, that's you send them back i guess they you know disinfect them or whatever the case may be and then uh-huh. you know rent them out like that and that's i was so like that's cool. so smart you know obviously yeah, obviously basic things like car seats and stuff right. like that but like right. you know as far as everything else they like nah we don't need all that we'll figure you everything know, else out a little fancy gadgets nope don't need it yep i don't know i feel like we in a i feel like our generation is just mm-hmm. in a different headspace than are. our parents and i i can see it just in the past what six 
seven years. I've been doing labor and delivery just seeing. Girl, let me tell you, somebody <laughs> asked me the other day how long you've been a nurse. And I started counting. I was like, I've been a nurse for eight years. How? How? I just got here. I mean, you've been an adult for a long time. Girl, no, no. I'm not going to say I'm an adult. <laughs> I have age. I am not an adult. <laughs> I do not feel like an adult. You are seasoned. <laughs> I am seasoned, girl. But like, I'm. I, you can see the difference in how people, um, what people expect and what people want, and how they want to be cared for. Even in the hospital, I see way more birth plans than I did when you know. I started at uh, Toro in like what 2016. People wasn't. I mean, you had a rare birth plan, and like we had we have midwives at Toro, so I mean we had, um, you know, the patients who labored and stuff in the tub. If you if you just happen to have like a midwife patient, most of them patients didn't do that. Like the vast majority. You know, came in, got the epidural, either got a section or they delivered or they go about their business. Um, But I feel like now that it's definitely a change. Like people are getting more information. I will say, even though social media drives me crazy most of the time, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's getting a lot of information out there starting to make people question stuff. Yeah. So, and I love it. (laughs) I think most people in this realm, right, um, Mm -hmm. love that. Black women now know, like, we are having some trouble in these hospitals. Yeah. Like, you know, it's scary. We need to speak up. Yep. Say what we need, say what mm-hmm. we want, and make sure our partners, whoever they're with, mom, dad, husband, wife, whoever is going to speak up and say, um, no, we're not doing it. She doesn't want to. Give me somebody else. Yep. Uh, yep. Just whatever. Either you're going to speak up, mom or parent not parent i'm sorry um yeah spouse is gonna speak up somebody's gonna speak up for me doula is gonna speak up we have to speak up because the disparity is ridiculous it's really ridiculous actually and i feel like what i will say like covid was a pain in the butt obviously but i feel like Mm -hmm. that year um you know we had the george floyd thing and like all the pros and i feel like a lot of that pushed all this stuff to the I forefront. Agree. I agree. It pushed everything to the forefront. And I'm like, you know, just looking at like I'm not I'm I'm not a person that necessarily or I'm gonna say I wasn't a person who necessarily even paid attention to the fact that, you know, I need like a black provider or I need this or I need that. You know, I didn't even think about it because the vast majority of providers here are not people of color. So it's not like I even paid attention to that. But then I'm just like just talking to people and traveling and, you know, looking on labor and delivery units specifically. The nurses are I don't know what it is about labor and delivery units. But your vast majority of nurses are white, mm-hmm. white women. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a thing. Like I've traveled everywhere from Florida to California to Washington to Oregon to take all over, and your vast majority is mm-hmm. white. And I'm like, and then you look at your providers. You might yep. have a sprinkle here and there of black people. Yep. Um, yep. and I'm like, do y'all? It's like, no, do you realize what difference it makes to just? Just the culture of somebody, just being able to speak to somebody where they are and not yeah. judging somebody because you, and I'm not saying every black person uh-huh. understands every black person, but on some level, yep. 
y'all have some sort of connection where right. it's like instead of telling somebody, okay, you have diabetes or whatever, don't eat this, don't eat this, don't eat this. Like, let's be realistic. We live in New Orleans. Sis, you yeah. got diabetes. Don't eat all this rice with these rabies. Cut it in half. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Like, talk to people no, where they no. at because I get it. No, I get no, it. And, I, and it it is it's it's such a disparity, and I think it's I honestly think it's directly correlated with with the issues. I didn't want to say it. It's it's directly correlated because like even applying for like midwife jobs out here and like actually paying attention to you know you got two real major hospital companies out here, and not one of them has a black midwife. Not you know? not one. I looked. I looked and I looked and I looked mm-hmm. and I could not find. Yep. I was looking for homes specifically, but when I started looking in general, I was like, okay. Not one. Nope. It, Where they at? It, like, and, and there are black midwives. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's like. <clears throat> Louisiana ain't it They they don't it, I don't know if it, I mean it's not supported We know Louisiana is the south And that's a whole nother story in and of itself yeah. But it's It's sad Especially it New is. Orleans specifically New Orleans has a majority Of black people African-American It's a majority Like you have very Like very little cities In this country that has a majority of mm-hmm. black people and it's like you can't get a black provider you can't pick and choose who you want you know you know no no options it's not fair it's just it's no, not it's fair not. it's not fair but especially with something that's important as birth exactly you know? the biggest you know? one of the biggest things that's gonna happen in your life yeah and you want to feel comfortable you want to yeah. pick who you want to pick and go from there <sighs> girl yeah <laughs> <laughs> But I'm here now, so you know I can't take care of every black person in this city. But I'll be an option. We need you. We need you. For real. Put it out. That's why I was so glad you started everything before the podcast. The phases of the womb. I was Mm -hmm. like, wow. Yeah. Look at this. We need this. Yeah. Like, and 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 you're young too. It's like, whoa. Let all the nurses see. Like, let every little black girl know. You can do this. This is possible. Get out there. We need you. <laughs> For real. It's true. And I think, I, where was I recently? I was thinking about, I don't know where I was. I might have been at the hospital. I don't know. And I was just thinking about representation in general. Mm-hmm. Like, you're starting to see a lot more, like, cartoons and shows yeah. or whatever represent, um, you know, black people, people of color. Mm-hmm. And, like, I go around, like, I'm walking around the hospitals and, you know, you see like posters of like doctors or whatever. And they're all like black or like not. I mean, not black. They're all white or not, Mm -hmm. not people of color. And it's like, you know, you got kids walking around and looking is like, dang, like, you know, and it's it's subconsciously in your head. Like, you know, nobody looks like me. Maybe that's not something I'm supposed to do or not something I could do. Uh, I'm not supposed to do stuff like that because that's not. They don't have black people that do that, you know, stuff. You know, and I feel like that happened with midwives, too. They forget. They forget. Black people been birthing or catching people babies forever. forever. Like, forever. Yes, and when people babies. Yes. Yes. Like, but I don't know when midwifery became so whitewashed. I don't know if it was because, 
you know, they, you know, became a money thing within the hospital. So the insurance didn't cover it and all this other stuff. And I don't know, I don't know what put it there, but it, I, I remember when I started, it was like, oh, you want a midwife? Like, that's what the white people do. You know, yeah. like, oh, you yeah. want to do a natural birth? That's what the white people do. That's what the white people do. And I'm just do. like, no. 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 <laughs> like, what? Where do y'all get that from? <laughs> But and like you said, we're not that far removed. No, so. like it's a generation. I want to say it was, I think the first epidural might have been like in the 30s or 40s, but like it became widely used in like the 80s. Like people uh-huh. was getting like birth epidurals in like the 80s. Our grandparents ain't getting no epidurals. They wasn't. Like wasn't. it's like, but that that also that's what that's where that fear got instilled. Yep. Because it's exactly. like, oh, you need something versus there was no other option. Option. You Come didn't on, even think about it like that. Girl, yeah. it's a mess. It's a mess. Over it. Over it. But kudos to you. I'm so proud of you. I really oh, am. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no, it, it it definitely left me feeling empowered. I bet. And I felt, because um, I'm normally so private. So the fact that I'm even on here. I know. I was kind of scared to ask you. I'm like, she going to tell me no. <laughs> I am very private. But no, this is something I definitely, people ask me so much. Yeah. And I do always share with them. I do. Um, but it needed to get out there. Yeah. It, it needs to get out there. Mm-hmm. It is not a scary thing. Um, yeah, sometimes things do happen. But have a plan. Talk to your provider. Mm-hmm. You know. Make sure you're the perfect person for that type of birth. Right. You know, yeah. that's it. Oh, I'm glad. You have anything that you'd like to address about home births specifically? That you, I mean, we touched on a lot, but yeah, we did. anything we did. you'd like to tell anybody about yeah. anything? Or you think we good? I mean, I just think to sum it all up, you can have the birth you want to have. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have the birth you want to have. Um, speak up, tell, you know, work with your provider, mm-hmm. work with your spouse, your support team, have a plan. And that's it. I think have a plan and do it your way. Yeah. And you do can. And you can. And that's I, how I feel. And I think reminding yourself that it's your body and your birth is what helps to kind of push you through all that stuff. Yep. It's not anybody else's. You got to live yep. with that at the end of the you day. You have to live with it. That's mm-hmm. right. We ain't got time for no regrets. At all. At all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get that baby here the way you want to get that baby here. Yes. Yes. Girl. This is great. Thank yeah, you. I, I really, you, I really appreciate you. And thank you so much. Like, for real, I know what it means for you to <laughs> even, you know, sit here and discuss all of that. Because you, I mean, you are a very private person. <laughs> but I really, like, I really appreciate it because I really feel like, um, you know, I have people that have had natural births within the hospital, whatever, and I think it's because they didn't even realize they had another option, you know. Right. So yep. thank you for providing your story and letting people know they have options and they can they do sure things do. the way they want to. Yep, and thank you for having this wonderful platform oh, for all of our beautiful girl. people to access. I'm trying, child. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you keep trying. We appreciate you and keep doing the work that you do, girl. We need thank you, you boo. Mm-hmm. Okay, y'all, I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed that discussion with Amanda, and I really hope y'all learned something about midwifery care, home birth care, um, doulas, and just, you know, 
becoming more aware of what your choices are and being able to make these informed decisions about your care, your births and, you know, your care even after that. So check y'all next week. Follow me on Instagram at underscore phases of the womb. Bye. Thank you.